0: Let's say the Lord's Prayer, please. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgave our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. How are we? Good. Very good. Yes. Excellent. Any new faces tonight? By any chance? Oh, we've got a few new faces. Wow. That is amazing. Well, a very warm welcome to the new faces and to everyone that has been coming on a regular basis. We're going to read from the Gospel of St. Mark. Um, Chapter 4, verses 26 to 29. I'd like to share with you something I would believe it is important for our spiritual growth and our spiritual path. Uh, St. Mark says, chapter 4, verses 26 to 29. And he said, meaning Jesus. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how, for the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the uh, sickle, because the harvest has come. And glory be to our Lord Jesus Christ forever. Amen. The kingdom of God is a movement... Internally, The kingdom of God is a movement internally, not externally. That's why the Lord Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples and the followers and the people around him, he said, do not wait for the kingdom of God and do not think that some people might come and say, look, the kingdom of God is over there or it's over there or it's over here. Because he said, the kingdom of God is within you. What has this got to do with it? Everything. See, when we read the Bible, sometimes what we read is not what we are really getting and reading. If you know what I mean. There is a meaning behind the verse. There is a much deeper understanding behind this simple verse that talks about crops and yielding and all these kind of things. So the Lord Jesus in these very simple yet so deep verses, He is trying to tell us that the kingdom of God is an internal movement. And when I say movement, anything that moves needs to grow. Have you ever thought of that? Anything that moves must grow. Everything that moves grows. On this earth anyway. A baby grows, moves. A plant moves, grows. The bird moves, grows. Everything grows. So what the Lord is saying that the kingdom of God grows, but it is an internal growth. It is not an external one. Do not look for signs from outside. Look within you. Look within you. You see, Job in the Old Testament, one of the prophets of, of, uh, of the Old Testament, Job or the book of Job, he said... God, I searched for you everywhere. I looked to the right. I looked to the left. I looked everywhere for you. I did not find you. Well, with all love and respect to our holy Job, our saint Job, our prophet of the Old Testament Job, but do not look for God right, left, everywhere. You should have looked to God inside of your heart. That's where God is. And that's where the kingdom is. Now, there are three movements or three ways of growth of the kingdom of God within you. The first one is in the very first verse 26. And he said, meaning the Lord Jesus, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed in the ground. That is the first step going forward in the growth of the kingdom of God inside of you. What is the first step? For God's kingdom to really be grounded in you, rooted in you, and then grows in you. The first step is, it's like a grain, a scattered seed being um, planted into the ground. What is the first movement? The first movement toward Jesus Christ and His kingdom is death. Now that is a big word, death. It's a scary word, death. But what is death? If we look at it from the spiritual perspective, maybe on the physical um, level, death is somebody that, you know, physically, but, you know, biologically he is dead. Clinically he is dead. The doctors came and checked him out or checked her out and said, no, this person is now dead, is no longer uh, alive. It is not that kind of death but what is the spiritual death that we need to step into and start walking in that path in order to make this kingdom grow in us and the and the bigger it becomes the closer we get to the lord the first step we take towards that is death why because the grain of seed needs to be sown into the ground and when you plant a seed what happens to that seed you bury it underground It is a burial process. Burial meaning death. The seed is no longer seen. Death means this person I cannot see anymore. On the face of this earth. They do not exist. So what is the spiritual death? Self-denial. Meaning to take the first step into that kingdom and make it grow in you and within you. You need to live not for you But for God, I don't live for myself anymore. It is not the old stubborn person anymore. Before, unless it was done my way, I told everyone to hit the highway. But now Christ started working within me. And now he is changing my way of thinking, my way of perception to things and to life. And now I can see there is a much deeper meaning to my very existence. And that is the purpose of my existence. I live for the one I love. Not for me. You see, the Lord Jesus is that grain of seed. He was that grain of seed. And He said it in John 12, 24. He said, unless the grain of wheat falls into the ground and gets buried, will never bring fruit. And He is that grain of wheat. Why? Because in John 6, he is talking about himself. He said, I am the living bread who descended from heaven. You make bread out of wheat. So he's saying that for, da- for my daddy to grow in me, for my daddy's will, for my daddy's kingdom to be within me and grow within me and for his will to be fulfilled in me, I, the first thing I did, I died. That was the first step, the cross. Unless the grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, unless I die to myself, daddy cannot live in me. See, the problem is, the problem all lies in the word I am. That is the foundation of all issues. What is the original sin? A lot of people talk about the original sin. The original sin is not that Adam ate from the tree which God told him don't eat from it. But the original sin when Adam ate from the tree that God said do not eat from it because the day you eat from it surely you will die. The original sin by Adam eating from the tree he said to God indirectly that I exist now not you. You see, you told me, don't eat, but I did it. So I'm not going to listen to you because there is now another I am that surfaced up. And this I am that got born on this day that I ate from that tree now wants to do things his own way, not God's way. But the problem is with the word I am, there cannot be two I am's. Why? For you to claim this word, I am, you need, one, to be a never-changing person. What I mean by never-changing person, that means you do not have a past, you do not have a present and a future tense. You cannot say, yesterday I was, today I am, tomorrow I will be, and then come back and say, me, 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 me. See, the word I am is a continuous present tense. Uh, the word I am is what the Bible calls eternal life. What is eternal life? Eternal life is a day that has no end. It's a day that has no past, no present, no future. Is just a present tense continuously for eternities. God is the never-changing God. He is always present. He cannot change even if He wanted to. Because what makes us change is time. Time controls everyone that comes to this planet, to this universe. Time is an interference to eternity. So when we are born here, time is controlling us. That's why I say yesterday I was, today I am, tomorrow I will be. But when God comes, who is the creator of time, therefore to God there is no past, no present, no future. It is just a continuous present. That's why He is the only being that can claim the word I am. So whenever we do things my way, the I am within me, that is me, I am saying I'm God. You getting it? Now there can only be one God. It is either me or him. The two together at the same time can never work. Like someone from the church fathers said once, he said in every, every person's heart there are two things. One is a throne and the other is the cross. Throne meaning the chair which the king sits on. He said every heart has two these things in it. It's the throne and the cross. If you... Sit yourself on the throne, you've crucified Christ. And if you crucify yourself, then you have placed Christ on the throne. And sitting on the throne meaning you are the king. So do you want to be the king? If you want to be the king over your life, Jesus is dead in your life. If you die to your old self, then Jesus becomes the king. I.e. takes over and rules your life. Which way do you want to go? You can be assured if you go your way. The end of it is death. You'll get into a lot of trouble. I can assure you, when people do things their way, not listen, not pay attention to so many advices, to, to so many you know, beautiful words, come on, my son, my daughter, don't do this, don't go there, don't mix with these people, don't walk in this path, this is ugly, this is not nice, this is dark, you're going to get into trouble, don't take this, don't do, please, please, please. If you stay stubborn and you do things your way, you are asking nothing but for trouble. The Lord is saying, my kingdom cannot grow in you, cannot expand in you. You cannot walk in my path unless first thing you do, you've got to deny yourself. Don't be stubborn. Don't say, I'll do it my way. Don't say, me, 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 me. Stop doing that. Bury yourself like that seed of wheat. Follow in the footprints of your master. Dying to myself, meaning meaning next time when somebody tells me something, I'll pay attention. Dying to myself, meaning when my mom or dad say to me, I don't want you to go out and come back like, yes, mom, it is no longer no, mom. I'll start saying yes, mom. Dying to myself, meaning when somebody comes and says, Let's go to the church, you run. the church when they say let's go to Bible study and the temperature is freezing I don't care I'm going to my sweetheart Christ he's gonna warm me up he is my heater he's my air conditioner I need to die to myself the Lord Jesus he not only denied himself what happens if you read st. Paul he talks about him he says the Lord Jesus who is equal to God he is God himself he said he who is equal to God, he emptied himself from that glory, from that position, from that rank, from that might. He emptied himself and he was found in this world as a slave. That's Saint Paul. So the Lord Jesus not only lowered himself from that holy, mighty, divine God, and became a human being, but he took the lowest level in the human race. What is the highest level in the human race? King. What is the lowest level in the human race? Slave. Jesus not only became a human, but he became the least of all humans, a slave. And not only that, if we read in the book of Psalms 22, 22 which talks about, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? If you read in that verse 6, Psalm 22 verse 6, not only he became a slave, he went a much further down. He humbled himself much, much more. He said, I am not a man, but a worm. Why is he saying I'm a worm? Because in that Psalm earlier, he's saying, my fathers cried out to you. You know, when the Israelite nation were brought out of Egypt, Through Moses, the Lord God took him through Moses out of Egypt and into the wilderness. In the wilderness, they started whinging and complaining and asking God for food and water and all these things. The Lord is saying through the psalmist, he said, My fathers cried out to you in the wilderness and you answered them. You heard their cries and I, your only son, I'm crying out to you on the cross. I've been ripped apart. I'm crying out to you. Come to my rescue, daddy. You are not answering me. I am not a man, but a worm. What is a worm? You know, if you, if you crush a worm, the worm will get hurt. But do you ever hear a worm screaming? Do you? Jesus was crushed on the cross. Was ripped apart. He was crushed on the cross. He cried out. But His voice was like a worm. Nobody heard it. He went so low to raise us so high. Isn't this guy worthy of our love and respect and worship? There is no religion in the world with all due love and respect to all the religions of the world. No religion talks about this kind of love and communion between man and God. I can assure you, there is no such thing, neither in Islam nor in Buddhism, nor in Shintoism, Hinduism, all the isms of the world. No religion of the world talks about this communion. It is not only union, but it is communion. You know what is communion? We refer to this word in the Holy Eucharist, the body and the blood. We call it the Holy Communion. Why? Because communion is much greater than union. Communion means you have me, I have you. Union means we got together. Communion, we became one. Not got together. We became one. Inseparable. When my blood is running in your blood, can you separate it? No. When my body becomes your body, can you separate it? No. When my spirit becomes yours, when my soul becomes yours, that is communion. When you receive the Holy Eucharist on a Sunday in the Mass, you are becoming one in Christ. I need to die to my old self in order to live. And the one who rose from the dead and said, I am the living Messiah. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am the first and the last. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He who believes in my word, even if he dies, shall live. But he who takes of my body and drinks of my blood shall live in me forever. And he should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. And then, for the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. Look at this. Verse 27 and 28 is the second stage of this internal movement of the kingdom of God within you. He should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. You know, St. Paul talks about this. He said, neither the one who plants the seed is something, nor the one who waters it is something, but it is the one who makes it grow. He is everything. You see, I can plant a seed, but I may spend an hour doing this, two hours doing this, three hours doing this, six hours doing this, but later on I need to go and sleep. And someone else will come and water what I planted for hours, but he needs to go and sleep. But there is one who never sleeps. There is one who never takes you out of his sight. And that is God. Jesus Christ has got you within his vision 24-7. The second movement. If the first movement is death, which is self-denial. By the way, imagine you are saying to someone... Let's say, just imagine this. You, say, you go to someone and say, please follow me. And then I'll, I'll say, okay, if I follow you, what am I going to get back? You know, we always think about this. When people ask us of something, we always say, what is the return? What is the benefit? What do you expect me to do this for you and I get nothing? I'm not going to do it for free. Nothing comes for free, brother. you have going to tell me what's in it for me. You want $100? I want to know how much you're going to give me back. Is it a nice concert? Is it a nice dish? You just take $100 and walk away and I'll get nothing, peanuts. I'll give you an uppercut. So we always ask for return. Imagine somebody comes and says, follow me. And then you say, what's in it for me, Lord? He's going to come back and say to you, die. What a great offer. Huh? Very attractive offer. Yeah, I'm all for it, brother. I love dying. Do you like dying? Have you ever gone to a cemetery and they said, what a great sight? And, and, and bring him down that casket and say, yeah. And the earth is dumped on the... Yeah, beautiful, great, beautiful. What a view. Do you say that? It's very scary. Uncomfortable. Ugly. Yuck. Oh, I'm, I want to walk away from you. You see, that's why we need to die to our own selves. Why? Because sometimes the Lord will ask us to do things... They may look ugly in our eyes but they are beautiful in His eyes if you just trust Him. We always search for the beautiful things, but not always the beautiful things are good. Let's go out, bro. That looks good. We're gonna hang around Mecca's brother. That's even better. We've just hired a hammer, 30 meter long, with the sabbufa Khabib in the backseat. That is brilliant. And we go downtown, look at the beautiful buildings and the lights. Oh, look at the casino. Oh, look at this club in place, bro. Yeah. And we've got a room in Novotol Hotel. We're spending the night. Mom and dad are calling. Ah, oh, these old-fashioned people, they can go back to Bashir, I don't care. <laughs> it looks beautiful. But you're going to look ugly tomorrow morning. If you keep on doing this. Sometimes the Lord says, come to my church, give up, sacrifice for me. That looks ugly, but do it because you need to trust. And the only way you're going to listen to the Lord is when you die to your old self. You see, my self is always an, a stumbling stone. It's an interference in my spiritual life. Lord, God called me and then I want to do things my way. And of course, nobody wants to do anything that is not comfortable with. Because when I, when I focus on myself, I want to be the best, the good looking. I want everything to be nice and ready and easy. I don't want to do it the hard way. I want to do it the easy way. That's why we need to die to ourselves. So that we can listen to the voice of Christ and follow Him. Not just with words, but with deeds. That's why when you deny yourself, what's going to happen? The second step of growth is going to be he will sleep by night and rise by day. Sleep by night, tribulations, obstacles, and rise by day, glory, praises. You know what? I always say this. You want to follow the Lord Jesus. Well, guess what? Good Friday will always come before Sunday Resurrection. You want the glory of Sunday resurrection, you better go through Good Friday. You cannot have Jesus just on Sunday. You're going to have Jesus on Good Friday too. And Good Friday will always come first. Night is Good Friday. Morning day is Sunday resurrection. What happened on Good Friday? He was humiliated. He was ridiculed. He was blasphemed against. He was told off. He was kicked. He was punched. He was thrown out. He was rejected. He was degraded. He was humiliated. He was dragged in the streets. He was whipped, lashed, kicked, punched, and then nailed. Very degrading. I follow the Lord. I'm going to walk through what He walked through. But according to what I can take on, what I can accept, because my limit is not like his limit, right? He's limitless. But I will be also told off one day in my life. One day I will be rejected. One day I will be kicked out. One day day they will bring out some false rumors against me. They want to defame my name. They want to put a blemish on my image. They want to put me down, pull me down, make me a second-class citizen, a reject in society. I can never accept this for the sake of the Lord Jesus, unless I die first to my old self. Because who wants to be ridiculed? Who wants to be brought down? My dignity is too precious for anyone to put a scratch on it. Anybody tells me one word wrong, I'll belch them one. But when I die to my old self, I'll accept for the sake of our Lord Jesus, what has come his way, will come my way. How are you going to behave when you see someone has spoken behind your back nastily against you? Are you going to go and tell them off? Are you going to return the favor at 10 times fold moreover? ah, oh, she told me off once. I'll tell her a hundred times. You know, she talked to me, to my friend. I'll talk about her in the Facebook. I'll tell the whole world about her. I will not leave no one corner, no one little alley until I tell everyone what kind of person she is. And I'm going to make her look so ugly that she will never dare to leave home. (coughs) Is this how we're going to behave as Christians? If we have Jesus, then no matter how much people hurt us, we should never return the same favor. Saint Paul says, never return evil with evil, but return evil with good. Because when you return that evil with goodness, you are putting a call of fire on the head of that person. You know, when people try to pull you down because they are maybe jealous of you, maybe they don't have the things that you have, the gifts that you have. So what they want to do, they want to bring you down to a way they want to get on your nerves so you will answer them back and tell them off because that's what they want, make you angry. So they can have a chance to retaliate, and fight with you and against you. But when you keep your calm and cool, and you still say, hello, I love you. God bless you. You're my sweetheart. They're gonna boil like a a hot red Indian pepper. They're gonna fume. I can't get to this person no matter what I'm doing to them. They're always nice to me. What is the secret? The secret is called Jesus. That's the secret. When you have Jesus in your heart, no matter what people do to you, you cannot hurt them back. What did Jesus say on the cross? He's ripped apart by His own creation. He said, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they're doing. And He is just about to die. What a great example to live by. What a great example. Love is a foundational weapon and tool. Love is a foundational tool you can ever utilize in life. Night is the, is the tribulations. By day is the glories. I'll suffer, but I will be glorified Without suffering, there is no glorification. Without dying, there is no resurrection. Without darkness, there is no light. Without sickness, there is no health. You know, when the two come in, in, in union of marriage, they're so excited, you know. They think it's, it's, it's fun. Oh, I love him. He loves me. I love him. Yes, Father, please hurry up. I want to go. Na-na-na. So they stand before the priest and the altar, and, be- and above all, before the Lord Jesus, the mighty God. In the flesh, They stand in, in the presence of, of Christ the Messiah. And the priest says, Will you take her in sickness and in health? No, no, no. no. <laughs> Will you take, before, the, before the priest finishes, Yes, Father. Of course. The priest is saying, Will you take her and take him in sickness and in health? See, sickness comes before health. Have you noticed that? When they say the vows, Will you take her in sickness and in health? Why? Because if you can accept your partner in sickness, what is sickness? Night. What is night? Hardships. Because your partner is going to get on your nerve tomorrow. You know, it is not always honeymoon. After honeymoon, it is barbecue moon. So he's saying, will you take him or her in sickness? Yeah. You? Yeah. Why? Because sickness is tribulations. What are you going to do when your partner is not listening to you? What are you going to do when your partner has different ideas to you? What are you going to do when your partner gets on your nerves and upsets you and you make you angry and you make you cry? What are you going to do? Are you going to say the marriage is over? See you later alligator. It is done deal. You go your way. I go my way. Is this what you're going to do? Well, guess what? Marriage. Is an illustration of the spiritual marriage. The male represents Christ and the female, the church. Has ever Christ left his bride, the church? How many times has the bride listened to Jesus? Never. Never. If the church had listened to Christ, there wouldn't have been divisions. Catholic, Orthodox, Protestant. Come on, guys. Hello. Anybody home? That bride is not listening to the bridegroom. That's why there is division. But has Jesus left his church? Never. Why? Because he made a vow I am with you till the end of ages and forever. No matter what. That is true love, man. And if you accept someone at night, hardships, definitely you'll accept them in good times, the day. Yeah. I married her because she looked like Mariah Carey. What if, what if after five years she's going to look like Mut Mutqatanus? What are you going to do? <laughs> that wasn't Assyrian. Maybe some of you did not understand what I'm saying. But what if she's going to change? What well, she's going to change? So is your love for her going to change? Come on. That that it's going to be a genuine love. Now. The second step is you're going to accept. You're going to have to accept the hardships and the tribulations for the Lord's sake. I'm walking in this path. But I cannot accept these hardships unless I deny myself. Unless I die to my old self. I need to be that, that, that buried seed. And then what happens? Look at this. The Lord Jesus worked with us in the good times and in the bad times. In the hardships and in the good times. He worked with us in both. What happens with us? First, the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. Three ways the Lord Jesus works to make us grow. When the seed is planted, it's an ugly scene. It's been buried, poor thing. The first time I walk in the Lord's path, you know, things are going wrong. I'm being rejected. I'm being told off. I don't know what. My rights have been taken and stripped of me. It's an ugly scene. But the Lord is saying, unless the seed dies, don't expect a life. You see, if the seed is outside in a container or on a shell, for as long as it stays outside in the air, it is a dead thing. The moment it gets buried, it becomes alive. What a great mystery how God operates. Unless you bury something, then it's going to become alive. life. Logically, does not make sense. Because I know one plus one equals two. God's mathematics is against the logic. He says one plus one equals one. But a much better one That what he said to Adam and Eve. The two are no longer two but one. God's mathematics is different. Are we going to accept it? Or are we going to use our head? You've got to use your faith. Accept what God has given you and believe and trust in what He's saying because He is always right and I'm always wrong. That is the truth. So what happens? The first way is the blade. You see, when you plant the seed, it is dead. I'll tell you this piece of information. Why did the Lord Jesus use these two elements out of all the other plantations to say this is my body and this is my blood. Why did he use the wheat as a body and the grapes and the vine tree as his blood? Why? Well, since we're talking about the wheat, why is he used it as a body? Because the wheat, since he is the creator of everything, he knows what every plant, bird, animal is all about. He knows that this wheat represents him. How? First... The wheat seed has to be buried. Jesus had to die. At first, he died. When it's buried, when it's dead, then it becomes alive. When you plant a seed of wheat, you plant one. When it starts growing, it gives a blade, then a head, then a fruit, a full grain in the head. It gives 40 seeds of wheat. One was planted, 40 is given. Four corners is in the head. Ten, 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 ten. You go next time and, and look at the, at the wheat. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. There are 40 seeds of grain, of, of wheat on the head. Ten, 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 ten. Four corners are the four corners. Four times ten is 40. Four corners, guess what? The Holy Cross is east, west, west north, south. He holds the four corners by the cross. His sacrifice on the cross was for the four corners of the world, meaning the whole entire world. These are the four corners. And number 10 talks about responsibility, the Ten Commandments. None of us was able to fulfill those commandments. Jesus came, fulfilled them on our behalf, died on the cross so that when he rose from the dead whoever accepted him as lord and savior said that you in me we are one you shall live forever now i gave you my body from the wheat meaning i died to myself i denied myself for my father's will to be done in me and then when i gave the grains i gave 40 Ten is for the Ten Commandments that you were not able to fulfill. And four is for the four corners of the world. I came for every mankind. Everyone. And the four also represent, I came to destroy the four enemies that you were not able to destroy. The first enemy, sin. The second enemy, condemnation. The third enemy, Satan. And the fourth and the most powerful of all, death. Sin, condemnation, Satan, death. I gave a cure to these four when I died and rose. Forty weeds, four, four corners, four enemies, and ten, ten commandments. I fulfilled them. I destroyed all the enemies. I destroyed the sin by my blood. I destroyed the condemnation because I gave you the new earth. I destroyed Satan. I ripped him apart and I stripped him from all his power when I crushed his head on Calvary. And I, And I... Abolished death when I rose from the dead. Death has no power on Christ and on anyone who believes in Christ. First the blade, then the head, and then the grain. The Lord Jesus starts when we are buried, when we go through trials, what is gonna happen? The the it is it is growing, it is not dead. But what is happening when we are going through hardships, we're thinking we're going backward. We see ourselves, we've gone backward. Before, I used to pray. Now, I don't feel nothing. Before, I was closer to Jesus. But as time went by, I feel I'm further back. But we are going through tribulations. And as we are going through them, we're not realizing that we're growing because I cannot see myself, but the one who stands opposite to me can see me changing. First, the blade. You see, the Lord Jesus will make you grow. You see, when the blade grows it's got to come to a stage where it's going to complete its mission. The stump cannot grow any further. It came to a place where now it's complete, it's perfect. You see, when Jesus makes you grow in a certain way, once He gets you to that level of perfection, He's going to move on to another level of perfection. First is the blade, then the head. The head is not the blade, and the blade is not the head. But you know what? There is a time frame for the blade to grow, and then the blade, once it completes its growth, it will have to stop. Jesus cannot treat you as a blade anymore. He's going to have to change his way of working with you and dealing with you because he wants you to reach the grain, become a grain. But to get to the grain, there are stages before you get to it. First is the blade, first is dying, then the blade. Once the blade is complete, he's going to go and make you the head. Now, when he's working with you as a head, it's a different level of trials. But when he is using those different levels of trials, you're thinking you've gone backward and you are just starting. Because the trials to make you as a blade is not the same trial to make you as a head. I don't know if you are following me or not. Are you with me? In other words... The exams that you get in year one, cannot, you cannot expect them to get them in year six and in year 12. You with me? You see, the blade is in year six, but now you are in year 12. You need to be the head. So the exams that are going to come in year 12 are totally different when you were in year six. But because they are different, you're thinking you've gone backward and you are starting all over. You're not. Jesus just completed one stage in you. He's moved on to another stage because he wants you to graduate and become a grain. And then with the grain is another trial. University has a different examination to high school. But you cannot say, I want to be a doctor unless you go through those stages. Unless you go to preschool, primary school, high school, university, you cannot expect to... Receive the certificate on graduation day But the certificate that you receive on graduation day That is the glory There is no glory that comes without suffering Do you want to eat bread? Yes Well we have to bury you Sorry Well if you're, gonna, if you're not going to be buried You can't be bread You with me? I want to be rich, I want to have a mansion overlooking the Harbour Bridge, I want to drive a Ferrari, but I don't want to work, I'm on Central League payments. <laughs> but when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. The first movement is self-denial, dying to my old self. The second movement, accepting trials and tribulations, accepting people going against me, and still I'm blessing them, and I'm praying for them. The third step, when you accept self-denial, when you accept suffering for the Lord's sake, the third step is harvest. What is harvest? Joy, happiness. You know, when, when this guy goes out, he, plow, he plows the ground, he cleans it up, he does all the hard work, he sows the seed, he, he waters them, he looks after them. It's a lot of hard work, but when the harvest comes, he is the most joyous person ever because he says, yeah, my hard work has not gone astray. I got the result and I'm so happy. All that hard work was for; you know, did not go for nothing. I received the fruits. Harvest is the last one, which is happiness and joy. But without dying, there is no happiness. Without burying the seed, there is no harvest. Are you with me? Therefore, my beloved, you want to get somewhere to be good? You want to be someone successful? You must accept hardships and suffering. You cannot bludge and just have fun and go out and expect to get a perfect result in your exams you want to be a nothing you want to end up at nothing do nothing you want to end up a nothing do nothing you know that's it's really funny and i just want someone one day to come and explain this to me you know when we ask this question and we get these simple answers that have no existence at all but we still say it and we believe in it and we live in it what are you doing nothing can anyone explain to me what is the word nothing he means? Is there such thing as a nothing? You must be doing something, I'm doing nothing. What are you up to? I don't know. You better know. What do you mean I don't know? Do you have a head? Hello? And the other classical one. Come here. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. You don't care. You better start caring. You better start caring. And stop saying nothing. And stop saying, I don't know. You need to know. You better do something. And you better care. To get some way. Oh, that rhymes. (laughs) You better care to get some way. The first step. Plant the seed put it on a much sort of simplistic way if you are the stubborn one in the house and the family break the cycle break that chain don't be that stubborn one surprise your parents and your siblings by saying "oh of course I'll do this for you you are the love of my life you are the sweetheart of my heart of course" When you ask me to jump, I'll say, how high? And then they'll go back a few steps. They'll refocus again. And they'll probably touch you. And they say, am I dreaming or is this real? You say, my darling, be assured it is reality. So the next time your sister wants to come into your room, Please open the door. (laughs) The next time your sister wants to put on your perfume, say, I'll buy you another one, Chanel. (laughs) The next time your brother wants to wear your shirt, the Lord says, give him the other one too. Do not hold back. Because my brother, my sister is much more precious than all the materials of this world. Do not let anyone get upset over material things. Do not be stubborn because you want it to be your way. Have it their way sometimes. Even though it's against your way and your wish. But let it be. Just to please them. I'm not saying let it be their way. So that when they say let's go and steal you say have it your way. Let's go and steal <laughs> I am talking about simple General, beautiful, easy things that makes this life worthwhile. Don't fight over things. I always talk about, you know, I mentioned about marriage because marriage changes a lot of things. You know, it, it it happens to change a lot of things. You know, before what things that were funny after marriage is no longer funny. You know, as a, as a fiance, uh, baby, you're sitting with some people and your fiance says a joke. And nobody laughed because it was so stupid, that joke. Nobody laughed. And then you say, oh, You are so funny. Oh my goodness, you're so cute. After marriage, if he or she say the same joke, you'll belt someone. <laughs> it's not funny, okay? You're stupid. Don't do that again. So, you, we need to take it easy. And sometimes we need to let go of things in order for life to go forward. But I can't do that unless... I lower myself, deny myself, humble myself. How do I do that? I ask the Lord, please help me, teach me, show me the way. And you know, Lord, please, 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 give me the strength because I want to break this stubborn person tonight. When you go home and Daddy says, don't go out. Yes, sir. Yes, Mr. Smith. I am not going out. Don't always make things revolve around you. You need to revolve around others as well. Deny yourself. Accept suffering. Then you will harvest joy and happiness. The psalmist says, He who sows with tears shall harvest with joy. I'll leave you with this thought. So true. So vivid. We miss it out. A person's life, everyone, starts with tears. Ends with joy. But with a difference. When a child is born, the child comes crying and everyone around that child is laughing. Out of joy and happiness. But when that child grows older and a time comes for that person to leave this world. With the Lord's grace, he will leave laughing and everyone around him is crying. He who sows with teas shall harvest with joy. God bless you. Let's dance for the um, finale prayer, please. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope where there is darkness, light, where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, it is in dying that we are born again to eternal life. Amen. And the Lord Jesus bless you, guide you, and protect you now and forevermore. Amen.